according to the World Food Program, 811 million people are chronically hungry. 276 million are living on the brink of starvation. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. Cindy, I worry about food insecurity a lot. It's impacting increasing numbers of people around the world. Yeah, I worry about it too, Julie. The situation is definitely getting worse. It is conflict like war and and climate change leading to droughts and floods are some of the main things contributing to food insecurity here in the United States, but all over the world. In case there was any doubt, these global issues do show us just how interdependent we are, how everything that affects one part of our planet affects us too. That's right. Things aren't just happening over there. Russia's war in Ukraine has already worsened food, energy, and economic crises in countries all over the world. And of course, poor countries are affected the most. Yeah. The Russian invasion of Ukraine in late February 2022 has contributed to a global food crisis, and it's likely to push tens of millions of people into food insecurity, malnutrition, and mass hunger. It's frightening. Prices have already been rising because of the pandemic and its effects on the supply chain. And now the war in Ukraine has led directly to higher food prices around the world, including here in the U.S. Increased global demand set off by the pandemic, extreme weather, decreasing production, high prices all around, such as in energy and shipping, restrictions and taxes have all been straining the food market. The Russian invasion added another major factor in food supply, demand, and rising prices. The Consumer Price Index, or the CPI, is commonly used by politicians, financial people, businesses, and consumers to measure the changes in prices of goods and services that people buy. It's the most widely used measure of inflation out there. In both Europe and in the United States, The CPI for food has risen significantly since January 2020. So much so, in many developing countries, food is the single largest category in the consumer price index because that's what they have to spend most of their money on, food. So much so that it's the main thing used to calculate their overall cost of living. In a lot of countries, 40% of their money has to go for food. In some countries, like in India and Pakistan, half of their total cost of living is based on what they have to spend on food. And people in developing countries are having to pay even higher prices than we are for essential food staples. Some of them are out in the streets protesting. What have they got to lose? They can't even afford basic food essentials. Right. Again, looking at the war between Russia and Ukraine, two countries that are both major exporters of necessary grains all over the world. 
they now have significant interference with their crops and their exports. Which affects all of us. Among other things, Russia is a major exporter of sunflower oil, wheat, rye, barley, maize, sugar, and sunflower seeds. Ukraine usually sells massive amounts of poultry, eggs, sunflower oil, meat, rye, maize, wheat, oats, and sugar, and more all over the world. One quarter of the world's wheat typically comes from Ukraine and Russia. And over half of the sunflower seed oil, tons of grain travels through Ukrainian ports to the rest of the world, which are now blocked or destroyed. So they aren't traveling anywhere. Naturally, the poorest and most vulnerable people are affected the most by food shortages and rising prices. They end up doing without important vitamins, minerals, and protein found in vegetables, fish, and meat, and load up on carbs. Right, because you can make your family's tummies feel fuller and you can satisfy appetites in the short term that way. But it also leads to malnutrition, increased illness, heart disease, obesity, and diabetes to name a few of the long-term health consequences. Many people end up skipping meals altogether, and especially those who are forced to spend a greater portion of their income on food are at risk for being pushed further into poverty so they don't starve to death or become malnourished. Right, it's really a scary situation. According to the World Food Program, 811 million people are chronically hungry. 276 million are living on the brink of starvation. And even carb loading isn't possible for some people. In Iran, the cost of flour-based staples has risen like 300%. In 2020, Ukraine was the top supplier to the United Nations World Food Program. That's the world's largest humanitarian organization working with food insecure populations worldwide. Right, Julie. But as the war continues, there's more and more closures and damages to places like railways, roads, and ports. Crops from this year will also be affected because they won't be able to harvest them, store them, move them, or ship them. And Russia is blocking some key areas of the Black Sea, and many European countries are blocking Russian ships from passing through their ports. Those actions are aimed at putting restrictions on Russia, but also keeps important and much needed Russian exports of grain and such out of places where people need them. Yeah, not being able to get enough wheat could really prove devastating. I think it already has. Grain storage facilities in Ukraine have been damaged by Russian attacks too. Some people think Putin is just trying to affect Ukrainians by damaging fields and farms and storage facilities and ports, but intentionally or not, probably intentionally, right. these actions are negatively affecting food security all over the world. This is my personal opinion, but I think Putin wants everyone to suffer if he doesn't get his way. Mm. By attacking Ukraine, Putin is selfishly causing a whole chain reaction of events leading to this increased food insecurity. I'm sure he doesn't care or maybe is happy that he is causing illness and death in many places other than Ukraine. It is completely frustrating to watch. And of course, people living in poverty and in countries dependent on food imports are most at risk of suffering from the food inflation crisis. Right. Future COVID-19 lockdowns are going to continue to affect the supply chain as well. Scarcer goods and increased shipping and taxes will mean continued higher prices. 
and higher prices affect poor people the most. And around we go again. Totally unnecessary and seemingly never ending. Did you ever try to order something online from another country and the cost of shipping the thing basically doubles the cost of the item? Well, that's part of what's happening with basic essential food right now. So with food prices continuing to rise, countries are trying to protect their own by limiting exports and trying to stabilize prices within their own countries. Right. Over 20 countries around the world have imposed restrictions on food exports to try to mitigate damage and make sure their own citizens are fed and can stay nourished. Which, you know, makes sense. It's understandable, but it's also contributing to the global crisis. For example, Indonesia, the largest producer of cooking oil, banned most exports of palm oil. India banned the export of wheat because a heat wave there ruined crops and there wasn't enough harvested. So the effects are felt around the whole world. Right. And here's something I didn't think of. Not having enough grains also affects whether or not we have enough energy. Grains and vegetable oils are major ingredients in biofuels, which are in very high demand right now because so many people are rightfully looking for alternatives to fossil fuels. Yes. Again, thank you, Vladimir Putin. That's right. And this is especially true in the European Union right now because they've added incentive to try to lower their dependence on Russia's oil and gas. Which they clearly need to do if possible. Right. Another thing we might not think of is the rising cost of fertilizer and the way it has to be produced with the shortages of all the other stuff. A lot of small farmers won't even be able to grow their own food in the coming seasons. That's a scary thought. We have to make sure to highlight that it's not just the war in Ukraine that's pushing this food crisis, though it has definitely added significantly to already increasing global food insecurity. True. The global food crisis is also affected by other conflicts around the world, the impact of climate change and the COVID-19 pandemic. Right, Cindy. Climate change totally increases the likelihood and really inevitability of hunger and homelessness. The number of extreme weather-related disasters has risen noticeably. And yes, that affects farming and food production, businesses, homes, and livelihoods. Through extreme temperatures, droughts, floods, diseases, and increased carbon dioxide. And all of it affects the supply and cost of food. It's actually really a fragile balance and it is being increasingly disrupted. If any part of the food system is affected by the climate, the supply can be affected and lead to inflation of food prices. Crops can be affected by too much heat, too much or not enough rain. And fish can be affected too by pollution and increasing water temperatures. Livestock are also impacted, which affects the quality of meat and dairy products that the livestock produces. An important issue with climate change, and there are many, is that it affects those who are already suffering the most. As usual, even with all of these problems, the world, believe it or not, after everything we just told you, the world still produces enough food. The United States produces enough food for everyone who lives here to have enough. And beyond. Mm -hmm. We need to take responsibility and focus more on climate justice. That's right, Cindy. Climate change is already having pretty terrible impacts on how people live all over the world and their food supply. 
We all need to be climate activists and do whatever we can to support the efforts to reduce and halt climate change. The communities that are hardest hit are also communities that contribute less to the overall problem. You know, poor people don't have a big carbon footprint. Right. It's people who can afford it, who have the cars, who keep their heat and AC turned up, who in general have the biggest carbon footprints. Right. It's so unfair that it impacts people that don't even have those privileges more than it impacts the people with the privileges. Mm -hmm. People in poorer communities pay the price because they can't pay the price of food and other essentials after the prices are driven up by all of these causes, including the behavior of others. And by others, I mean mostly people in the United States. One of the places you can learn more, get involved or donate is at foodtank.com a nonprofit organization that describes themselves as a global community pushing for food systems change. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Until next time, take care. <laughs>